Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast, where England have finally won a test match in this Ashes. They've come close twice, and it looked like they were going to come close three times and lose, but uh, they got over the line. I'm Jack Hope. I'm joined by... Everyone from the Cricket Podcast. This is an exciting day, boys. This is our first trio show for a little while. We've got Max Roy Brown. How are you doing, Max Roy Brown? Hello. I'm brilliant. Yeah, we won. I'm very happy. And Ross is here as well. So, as you mentioned, the, the three of us, the three amigos are back. So, um, doubly yeah, happy. Ross, how, how, how are you doing? Uh, we got bowled out for 64 about, yesterday. <laughs> well, about bloody time we won, wasn't it? Lucky Aussies. Always getting just uh, the rub of the green. And uh, on this occasion, it uh, f- fell into England's hands. So, uh, what a brilliant win. And was it ever in doubt with uh, Chris Wokes? Don't think so. No, he he did pretty well. So did Wood. So did Harry Brook. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. We'll be covering all of the action from today, as well as looking back at what happened on Saturday. So there's plenty to get through. Before we do that, though, Ross, um, we should plug Serious Cricket right at the top of the show. Use the code TCP23 for 10% off cricket equipment. You can find a link to them in the show notes. And we urge you to take advantage of what is a good deal. Um, it would have come in handy, Ross, if we'd had better equipment yesterday, wouldn't it, as we subsided to an eight-wicket defeat after we bowled out for 64. Um, what serious cricket yeah, item I'm, I'm not quite would you sure. buy to, to remedy that? Um, probably like a super sopper or some <laughs> covers would have been quite nice. Um, <laughs> like the fact we've done uncovered pitches, it was uh, three and a half hours of torrential downpour. And then, yeah, give it 10 minutes and it'll dry. Um, and then we got skilled for 64, which was um, yeah, probably the most humiliating defeat I've ever had in cricket. Um, and probably one of the worst Saturdays good, since last Saturday. Good toss to win, was it? Yeah, and they were very, very keen, unsurprisingly, Max, to get the game on. Very keen. Um, and uh, Jack didn't have the willpower as our captain to actually stand up to them and say, nah, don't fancy it. So, uh, yeah, we got absolutely humiliated in front of the 15 small children watching <laughs> in London Fields. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, Max, what happened in the cricket? You can start on Saturday and you can finish about four o'clock today, please. Okay. 
Um, so yesterday it started off with rain, uh, much like your cricket and my cricket. Um, it was it was wet to start with, and we didn't get any play for uh, for a little while. But eventually we did, and the lights were on, and it was a bit dark, and it was perfect conditions for the England uh, bowlers. And after a, a, a quick sort of uh, salvo of twenty runs or so, so it proved with um, England making early inroads into that Australian. Second innings, um, there was some some good good bowling from the likes of Broad and, and Wokes, some uh, good catching from the likes of Harry Brook to spare the blushes of Johnny Bairstow once again. Um, and then Mark Wood came back to uh, to almost finish off the tail with Stuart Broad doing the honours. But obviously the standout man in all that was Travis Head, who um, single-handedly pretty much blasted the ball around the park to... Uh, Australia in a position where they had something to defend, I guess. I mean, without Travis Head 77, um, it was looking like England would be massive favourites, as it was 251 the target, and everyone was thinking, England should do it, but it's England, so <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows what could happen? And a tricky period as well before um, before close of play. Uh, I thought it would be 30 for three at the end, 27 for none. I'll take that all day long. Um, and things were going pretty well this morning as well. The sun was out and it was a much better position. And by lunch, England 154 for four, you're thinking this is done. This is over. Root and Root and Stokes at the crease. Who could you want? Who 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 else would you want to take England home to a, to a comfortable Ashes victory? But uh, nope, don't know what they had for lunch. Um, stupid sandwiches. Uh, couldn't think of anything anything better than that. Um, and then suddenly it looked like we were going to bottle it all over again. But uh, as you mentioned, Harry Brook batted uh, very well up until the point that he got out, as is often the case, for, for batters in cricket. And, um, and left the rest to uh, Mark Wood um, and, and Chris Wokes, who finished it off with a plum. And England uh, have, have completed step one of three of the greatest comeback of all time. Uh, obviously, the women won as well. So... Double Ashes Crazy Comeback is still on. Um, that's an interesting title you've come up with there, Max. Double Ashes Crazy Comeback. Um, where, where do we yep. want to start, boys? Because there's a lot of cricket. Do you want to start with Harry Brook, Man of the Hour? Do you want to start with Chris Wokes and Mark Wood, the, the guys who brought it home? Um, let's give out some praise. Ross, come on. Who, who, who deserves praise in, in this scenario? Ross has done an amazing thing here. He's found that there's a mute button. I've muted myself, haven't I? I've done. Uh, That's the first time. That's the first time I've done that one, I think in four years. Um, So I think a lot of praise obviously has to go to Brooke. And I think what what you saw there was someone who... Oh, as a relatively um, that's what, simple game, I suppose, and he had a clearly um, a pretty good temperament. Um, yeah, he had a bit of a brain fade when the game was kind of pretty much won. Pretty much won. This thing was, what, 20-odd runs to get or so. Um, but he batted fantastically, and whilst people like Johnny Bairstow with more experience, Joe Root and Stokes obviously got out, both a little bit, unfortunately, tickled down the leg side. Um, but Brooke showed, yeah, a lot of composure. For someone playing in there, I think so he's only this is 10th, Test match, um, he was absolutely remarkable um, against his bowling lineup. Um, I think you always have to give a lot of credit for Mark Wood, who leaves this game with a strike rate of 250. Uh, he's, got, he's got 40 runs in the Test match, um, bowled fantastically well, and then Wokes, his counterpart at the end, also looked completely untroubled. Like the guy looked very much like England's all rounder in that role um, in Test cricket, and yeah, brought it home for us. It was really well batted. 
What a difference as well, having Wokes coming in at eight. <laughs> to, to what we had in the last test. Um, <laughs> well, Mo, yeah. Mo, Mo, that's all right. We had, we promoted Moe and Ali. That was nice to get him up to number three as the sacrifice. And we did talk, didn't we, Max, after the first day, we were talking a little bit about selection. Uh, and we said, we actually called it out, that England's thick tail um, might... <laughs> <laughs> was going to take it home. Might... The skunk tail, that's what we called it, yeah. Uh, the skunk tail might uh, prove crucial. Uh, so it was. I mean, it, it really, going through the day, I don't think I've been as sort of stressed watching a cricket match, maybe ever. Um, the whole four-hour experience. <laughs> Probably not since Headingley last time. But even time. then, like, it was it was such a shot to nothing that time that it, it, was, yeah. it was kind of... It was like, oh, there's this a miracle happening. I'm going to watch the miracle. This was like in the bag for England. Like the, the you know, the, people were calling it, oh, it's, it's, this is really close. It's up for grabs. It's 50-50. Basically, no win predictor was saying that. The betting markets were saying it's massively in England's favour. Um, the only time it actually wobbled was after the Bearslow wicket. And then it briefly went to 50-50 when, when Wokes was, was at the crease. But pretty much the whole day, it was England's to lose. And they really set about trying to, trying to lose it, <laughs> trying to lose it until until Wokes came in and was like, "I'm gonna well sort of knuckle down." I mean, this is a guy who averages seven against yeah. Australian bouncers. Um, it, he, he's a sort of player on, on a fairly bouncy wicket, which you, you kind of thought might be there for the taking. Um, the Australians were cycling through their 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 pace bowlers with the with the bouncer field set, but he, he didn't rise to the bait. He played it pretty well, to be honest. Um, and, and Brooke at the other end, I thought Brooke would take them home. Uh, it, 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 it was lunacy, I thought, how he ended up getting himself out. Just the whole, no, the whole no, thing. No, no. I, I, I have to, I have to yeah. disagree with that. Um, I think actually Harry Brooke has not only played um, a really good innings and read the situation well and got England into basically a position where they'd won the game. He's also a brilliant reader of narratives and, uh, and scripts. And all he, all he did, once again, was sacrifice himself, just like he did getting out in the uh, final of the T20 to cripple Shaheen Afridi. Sacrificed himself to give Mark Wood the option to blast a few runs at the end and take some glory, and for Chris Wokes to take some glory, because everyone loves Chris Wokes. He knows what people want. He knew what the crowd wanted, and he gave it to us. I will, yeah. He got us where we needed to go and gave the other two the opportunity to finish it off. And it was uh, it was another act of perfectly selfless cricket from Harry Brook. And uh, I have to applaud it's him for it. It's a fair statement that you make there. Um, I was watching along. I, I kind of, um, when, I'm, when I'm making notes, I kind of, to, to, keep, to get an idea of where the game is at uh, at a given time, I do keep a track of the, of the betting markets. The ball before Brook was out, I checked it. England were 1.02, which translates to about a 98% favourite to win. And he got out and it went back mm. to like, oh, Australia have got a 15, 16% chance in this match. And it was, it was um, one of those moments where you were like, surely this isn't going to happen. Surely, <laughs> surely, surely they cannot screw this up. I mean, like we're, we're talking about it reasonably fatalistically. I think in the last two test matches, you have seen England make some interesting decisions and, and you know, go through some passages of play that have gone against them because of the Australian skill, sometimes because of a little bit of luck, sometimes because of a combination. Um and and lost they have lost two matches where very close to the end they were favourite and it, it it felt like that could happen again. 
Um, so well done to Chris Wokes for holding his nerve. He, he was talking about it afterwards. He said he was basically really enjoying it. He, he said, yeah, it was a bit stressful, but um, I, I, I was having a great time out there. It's where you'd want to be, isn't it, Ross? Out in the middle, um, leading leading your country to a, to an Ashes victory, a, 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 an Ashes victory which keeps them in the contest. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, what kind of benefits... Of, I know that we... Um, it took us bang on 50 overs to mm-hmm. uh, win this. And England, as we all know, are a considerably better ODI side than Australia are. So, um, Broad called uh, that out. We're, we're double... He did, he did. We're also... I don't know if um, our, our Australian and India listeners appreciate this, but we are double... Um, world champs in the white ball game, <laughs> and so when when uh, when we needed to chase a paltry two hundred and fifty um, on a, on a day on a nice batting deck, you just like it was never ever in doubt really. Um, and <laughs> I think when you look at when you when you look at the bowling lineup, bloody from, arrogant palms. When you when you look at the bowling lineup from Australia as well, Boland absolutely awful this Test match. Like literally looked like you know when we talk about the Big Bash League. I'm going full in here. He looked like a farmer. Like that's what we that's what we talked about, right? He was slain all over the place Todd Murphy might as well have been like like an actor like there was no point in him actually being there at all in this test match um, contributed what about 25 runs and yet yeah, wasn't trusted enough to bowl and as much as Cummins and Stark are absolutely supreme talents um, they needed more than Mitch Marsh as their kind of supporting cast and Australia are going to rue I think their selection decision um, on that front potentially I mean they have to rotate Hazelwood I, I think he's quite a broken individual mm. so you know, it's, it's a fair I, I choice don't think to go Hazelwood's for... had a particularly good yeah. series either has it? I mean, he's got a few wickets but a lot of those were that period where England Oh, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Michael Nisa fan, and Michael, I think Michael Nisa would have been a big difference maker here. And I think he they would did have been send him off to decision. go and play county cricket. Yeah, they have. Yeah, he would have been a better test, choice. So. And but and, but and like Boland hasn't looked that threatening in the previous two Test matches either, or, or the previous one that he's played in. Um, it didn't, it didn't look yeah, threatening Michael at all Nisa. in the match he didn't play in. Um, no chance. Of getting <laughs> <laughs> his, his, his stock actually rose. That was that was the difficulty. He didn't play. as like, oh, we maybe get Boland back in. Um, but I, I definitely would have uh, looked to play Michael Nisa with this one. And but again, it was a really really tight Test match. Um, it was yeah played in yeah the brilliant spirit of cricket. Um, but uh, in Australia, unfortunately, on this time, um, even though we've dropped a load of catches. No such team as we, Ross. No such team as we. Going to call you out on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, we're not I, I, I think, yeah, exactly. I, I do I do think picking Boland isn't like a, a catastrophic selection area, uh, error. His bowling average just went above 20 in, in this match, thanks to him getting hit around a little bit. I, I, but games aren't played on spreadsheets, mate. So. <laughs> I, do, I do think he doesn't match up that well against this England batting lineup because I think... They see him as a little bit too predictable, um, and he is like. And if the ball doesn't move, then he can, he can be got after. And I think we've seen that in, in, in both of the, in both of the games. And on on Murphy, I mean, this was interesting. I mean, we, let's get into some detail and talk about tactics. Tactics, Pat. Um, I I think the the view on the <laughs> podcast has has generally been that he's actually managed the situation quite well in the field. He's put people back on the boundary early. Um, he has kind of worked out that with the way England play, you can rely on your best bowlers to bowl an awful lot of the overs and the supporting cast. They, they, they only need to shoulder a spell or two per innings um, because him and Lyon in the first test and Stark today and, la- and last week yeah. can really get stuck in. 
because England don't bat for longer than 80 overs. Like it's, it's yeah, 80 yeah. overs is the top end. Isn't um, it? So I think he's been about right. And I actually, he'll get blamed for today. And, and I, I think there, there were spells, particularly when Wokes came in, where the field was very back and England were just sort of knocking ones. And it was like, you know, Wokes is actually a well, You're going to do that to the Wizard, aren't well, you? You're this do is that the, the, the thing, like, like, Wokes is actually a decent player. If you, if you give him singles both sides of the wicket, he will pick them up. He's not just going to get out because he's, you know, you bowled a bouncer. Like, you, you have, it needs a little bit more planning that. So I think there's, mm. I'd be a bit critical there. I don't think this was the match for all the innings for Todd Murphy. I think you know England are going to try and chase it in 50 overs. Therefore, if you're Pat Cummins, you're thinking at least 30 of those overs need to be bowled by myself and by um, Stark. And I don't know, has anyone got the scorecard up? Because I, I reckon that's probably what they ended up doing. I reckon it was... It was uh, 15 for yep. Cummins, 16 for Stark, yep. 11 Boland. Six Marsh and two for Todd Murphy. Yeah, I mean there wasn't really a lot yeah. in it for the spinners yeah, yeah. anyway, was there? I mean Murray Nally got a few to grip and bounce yesterday, but you know in fairly harmless positions. Yeah, he always looks impressive when you bowl it sort of outside the left handers off stump, but it takes yeah. off. But you can fairly comfortably leave that. It's not necessarily particularly yeah. Yeah. Um, threatening line and length or anything. It's so I, I I think it's it, it you know arguably you could you could question whether there was a need for a spinner in this game at all. But I mean, you know, if you want to go in with that setup, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I, I was, I was, I don't know what, um, I think it was you guys on the podcast, wasn't it? On, um, on Friday when Ben Stokes went ballistic, I, I, I wasn't overly enamored with the, uh, the Todd Murphy plan there. No, I thought that was Although really Although it dumb. did, I suppose, at one point, almost he, he got, he did get <laughs> he did Stokes out. About yeah, he runs. got Stokes out, but it was like, yeah, there's one bowler in he your He did drop team. him second ball yeah. as well. He did he did drop him as well. So you could have said it was a stroke of genius if he holds on to that. But, <laughs> but he didn't. I, um, yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I thought that was a bit odd too. And I, I think if we want to go back and we want to look at where the Test match was won and lost, and there's plenty more talking points, but I think I think one of the England players, maybe Brooke, basically said Australia lost this match because they scored at two and over against us on day two. Uh, I think that's true. And mm. I, I think letting Stokes just blast the only guy on the team who he was definitely going to be able to hit for six all over the place for five overs was pretty dumb um on, on especially as they had a plan against him last yeah, week yeah, right, yeah. when they were doing it they literally figured out well, we can hide it across here and he literally, yeah, he's literally yeah. is not going to be able to get there and then it's like now nah, we can get him with a different plan it's like no you figured out the plan <laughs> stick to the plan um I, I also i also think that they yeah i, I was i was literally that's what i was going to come in on your point max I, I i think that we're doing that classic thing that the media have done i think with the kind of england side they're turning around and we're blaming the australian bowling unit here um for this loss that actually Actually, they lost it in the batting. That's exactly where they lost it. Um, they had the opportunity. Well, I'm, not, I'm, to... not, I'm not really. I'm sort of, I mean, maybe the, the tactics in that first innings cost them some runs. But I mean, mm. at the end of the day, what they were doing was trying to defend a score that was, I'd say, 65% of the time, maybe 70% would probably be chased down. Like, there was not not really any demons in the pitch. There was a bit of extra bounce from a few. Um, which you know accounted for some people, but ultimately it was it was still a pretty good bank deck. It was mm. you know it was day four and there'd been a bit of rain, so day three slash three and a half when you'd expect it generally to be um, good for batting. So I mean yeah, I mean I, I would I would agree with that with Brooks and your assessment about the batting probably being where it 
went wrong. Pr- pr- plenty of um, brain fades. And, and that was on both sides as well. But you look at that period of play when um, Labuschagne got out and Smith got out. Two huge wickets just gifted to, against Moeen Ali. And as you said, the ball wasn't turning. Golden wasn't arm. Really like, and they just let Moeen Ali bowl. And you saw in the first test when he wrecked his finger, they could attack him. And I think mm. they... Yeah, I think, yeah, he was, Rooker, he was still spot. bowling the odd giant full toss yeah. as well. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, that, that, that's sort of the way I, I read it. I thought it was interesting that a player would basically say that. But yeah, that, that's England. That's what, what they do. Yeah. I like it. I mean, it does it does fit the basketball narrative, doesn't it? That's, that's I suppose, one side of things. Right. So they are going to come out and say it. We have talked about Australia's bowling, which was a big talking point. We have talked about Wokes and Wood. And a little bit about Brooke. Should we take a break and then we'll come back? Uh, I, I want to. I, I, I want to get an idea from you two about what you made of Brooke is and where where the England team might go with him playing an innings like that, which is a real statement inning. So we'll we'll hit the break button and we shall come back in a moment. If you're watching on YouTube, do hit like, do hit subscribe, do leave us a comment as well. Um, say hello if you're in the live chat, and obviously if you're on Spotify. Apple, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, all of these things. Just hit the, the subscribe button and keep the podcast growing. We do shows pretty much after every day's play. We take Saturdays off, um, so there's, there's plenty of content there, and we will continue through the summer and into the World Cup later in the year. So there's plenty for you to get your teeth into. Back in a second. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast for part two of our episode on England's win. They've won a match in the Ashes. Uh, it took a little while for them to decide that winning was just as good as entertaining. Uh, and they delivered both. They delivered both, in <laughs> fairness, to them in this match. Uh, I said we wanted to talk a little bit about Harry Brook. Max, he played mm. the, the match-winning innings. Obviously, he gets out, so he doesn't get to score the, the winning runs and take all the glory, and, and, and you covered that. Um, he... He had had he'd had a, a fairly quiet Ashes in the in the five innings to date. Uh, obviously, experiment at three you know, did really didn't seem to suit him in the first innings. Uh, back at five, how big do you think this is as a step in his career? Obviously, the the, the fastest man to a thousand runs in terms of balls face. He's, he's made some statements in Test cricket already, but this is effectively cricket's equivalent of the the World Cup or English cricket's equivalent of the World Cup, isn't it? It, it matters that you do it in the Ashes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, it answers probably. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if there were many questions. I think he's he's not had a, a, an incredible series, but he's he's not looked like he's out of place or anything. You know, there was the Lords and um, the Lords Test. He was going pretty well. Um, he got a fifty, didn't he? And then uh, 
basically got out doing the same thing today. That, that was one interesting <laughs> point. It was kind of the same wicket. They had everyone back behind square, basically, and he tried to slap it where there weren't any fielders and, and got it wrong again. So that was quite interesting. But um, so, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't hugely worried about his performances so far, but I think this was, this was a step up in terms of taking on responsibility and showing that I'm going to take the team home and I'm going to be the guy who needs to stand up for my team uh, and do it. So there was, I guess, a level of uh, maturity and I suppose bravery to continue playing in a, in a pretty attacking way. I mean, he ends with a strike rate of 80, which is, uh, you know, not to be, not to be sniffed at in the, in the situations when England were under the pump a little bit. So, um, yeah, it's another, another tick in the box. But I think, um, obviously, Moe Nally batting at three didn't really work either. But I thought, I, I, I liked it as, given, I mean, given that you, you, had, you had 11 players to work with, so you couldn't just draft in someone else to come and play at three. I actually liked it as, as a move because of what it does for Harry Brook. Because Harry Brook at five is, you know, five, six is where he's been, is where he's comfortable batting, is where all of his runs have come from. And I think getting him back in a situation where he's more comfortable was probably where the gain is. It wasn't so much about will Moeen Ali batting at three work. It was, will we get more out of Harry Brook at five? Almost certainly, yes. Will there be a massive difference between Moeen Ali batting at three and seven? Uh, probably not. I said to, I said to a friend of mine, uh, Moeen Ali, three and seven, probably not much difference. He's either going to score five or 25. So uh, the 50-50 the split worked for me there. <laughs> so, I mean, as, yeah, as, as a plan... I, I liked that, and, and yeah, as it proved in the end, it, it worked for, for Harry Brook. But I think, go on, go on. Yeah, Moe and Ali did a good job in the first innings, I thought, and Jack and I had a bit of a, a, a debate around that, whether it was kind of too slow or kind of a good in it. I thought it was exactly what they kind of needed at that point. Um, and today, I think that's what they were probably looking for as well, just to kind of be like, look, can you just get some overs in Stark and Cummins' legs and then try and get some runs here? It got Back a really good dentary ball. play. <laughs> it, it got it, it got a good it got a good ball from Stark. The start, the start delivery was a, was a sharp one. It was it was just way too good for him. Um, but Moe and Ali here is not playing for his future. He's not playing for any of these things, right? He, who knows if he plays the next two Test matches? I'm guessing he will play at Old Trafford. He typically plays a spinner at Old Trafford. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was kind of a one of those win-win situations. Um, and yeah, I'm really thankful that it paid off. And and Wood um, Brook looked pretty fantastic and I think where it does raise questions and I know they absolutely love Johnny Bairstow well, big fan of Johnny Bairstow but you, we do have that succession plan now well in place at number five like he literally is well, that is that is Harry Brooks place in this team I think now. yeah I'd, I'd probably agree with that um, I, I did think I mean he did look very good I, I, I don't want to take too much away from Brook but I, I do think there should be an acknowledgement from uh, us on the podcast that England rode their luck in this test, um, when they made mistakes, we batted in the, they, <laughs> they, they they got the got, easy got conditions the best to bat of in all the conditions. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, like, earlier in the series, everyone was like, "Oh, well, Australia always bat when it's cloudy; it's unfair," and and that was true. And but the the ball tracking data suggested that it didn't really make a difference. Like England weren't moving the ball around at all, um, and that that didn't matter. I I think in this test, Australia did have to bat when it was noticeably harder. Um, like the, you, 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 know, you yeah. could just eye test it and see that it, it was harder to bat. Um, also, like every time England dropped the ball, Australia hit another chance immediately um, to, to to make sure they didn't really capitalise that. Apart from in the Marsh situation, 
Um, that happened. Uh, that happened to us yesterday as well. In in, in my game, there was a, a an edge that went straight straight through um, um, between between me and first slip, and we're still uh, we're still arguing about whose catch it was. Um, Yours. But the next ball, <laughs> thanks, Ross. Um, the next ball um, got the guy on strike who we wanted to get out, and the bowler has literally bowled uh, an unplayable delivery that's like nibbled in in the air and then hit the pitch and kissed the pitch and seemed away and hit the top of off stump literally the ball after so um i i've decided the bearstow sacrifice is it's a real thing and uh, just on and i implore you to and just on brook in the second innings uh in the innings today he did hit the ball in the air through gully about five times and they just didn't i mean like obviously <laughs> if you don't have a gully it's it's he picked he yeah, picked the gap it is it is you know that it's not inconceivable that that goes to third slip instead, but um, I, th- I think over the series that that probably balances out, and the fact Robinson goes down with an injury and a few other things don't go England's way, uh, you know, it's it's. I think it all, but I think yeah, but sooner or later it kind of balances yeah, m- mainly. Out, right? um, longer term, it's interesting with 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 Brook. So you saying he's nailed on at number five because I, I think there's another man we should turn our attention to, and we've had some questions about this, Bearstow. Um, for for this series, obviously he's started as the wicketkeeper. He has not really kept that well. I think if we're being diplomatic, his batting that's very his kind. batting in particular against Stark and somebody pointed this out in in, in the chat, but in, and it is true, is weak. He has a big weakness against what Stark does, like basically the ability to move it in or bowl one that goes across. And he, he doesn't really know how to line Stark up. He averages fifteen against Stark. It's a bit like Root and and Cummins. Uh, Root's Root. It's the perfect batter for Cummins to bowl to in a way because Root will try and steer the ball to third man all the time and the extra bounce that Cummins gets gets him out. Same problem for Bairstow. Um, so his batting has been sort of muted. In the first at test, he got runs, but there was no Stark. And, and now there is Stark and it, it looks a little bit worrying. There'll be calls for folks to come in and we don't know whether he will for the next test. I think, I think probably I would make some sort of a change. It's a bit harsh on Bearstow. I think you surely, ha- surely have to make a change though. Like literally, like it, they it's, won't. It's like, like you can't just drop. All the, you literally can't be celebrated for taking a regulation wicketkeeper catch. That can't be a thing, and then not <laughs> contribute with a bat. If like if you were making those mistakes, but you were slamming the ball everywhere, completely fair enough. But yeah, he's got what he's had. What one good innings yeah. so far in, in this the test series? The seventy-eight of seventy-eight. And Stark's going to play the next yeah, two and, matches. And, yeah. So. Yeah, and you're so yeah, and so you're in that position, and you're just like we you can't keep on taking these chances. And I, look, Bearstow was the best player on the planet um, when when Basball was kind of taking hold. Um, and at the moment, it just feels like they rushed him back a little bit too soon um, on this front. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with Bearstow. He's used up all of my sympathy very, very quickly. But they're not going to. I don't think. No, I don't think change. they will. I really. But don't. I think longer term, the fact that Brook is is quite clearly. The, the man of the future at, at number five and that England are going to India, I think, for their next test series. Um, you can't, you could, maybe you can get away with Bairstow for two more tests in England. May, I, think it's, I think it's a bad decision to, to keep stick with him because it's, it's clearly not working, is it? Um, but in India especially, surely they, they can't make that call and then, then where do they go from there? Um, well, where where do they go with Bearso from there is 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 a is a pretty difficult question. Uh, the another thing, I mean, like I just on this, we might as well go into all the things that are wrong with England. We've got Zach Crawley still opening the batting <laughs> as well. I mean, this is absolutely you know you he's, he's doing great. You forget, he's doing bloody brilliantly. You forget that this is still happening. He's played thirty nine Test matches now. 
He averages 28. It's it's one of... I, I, I was thinking about Brilliant. this today. I cannot think of another experiment in sports, any decent level of sport that has gone on for this long without like producing anything substantial in in the way of repayment. I mean, like I don't know, I don't know. Frank, Frank Lampard's managed an awful lot of games <laughs> for different clubs. <laughs> they tried it twice as well. That was insane. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Frank Lampard's actually quite a good comparison. There are probably some football managers who have got jobs that they they shouldn't have got. But I can't think in, t- in terms of players. I just can't think of another player who goes out there. I, I see. I think we see. I think we're seeing shoots of green. Do you? I think on, it's now me. got Stockholm Yeah, well, that's on what it. I, I was thinking. Like him and him and Duckett have got now got the highest opening average uh, as a partnership since Strauss and Cook. Yeah, it was like, second. Uh, Cook brilliant, and Compton. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's um... yeah. If I had to cook, yeah. Look, I there is, I think, I think we're on an upward trajectory for the Crawley Duckett. Well, of and course it, you're on an upward trajectory. And, the, <laughs> the start was zero, but but that but possibly Max, less than zero. Max, what I like about what England are doing is that we've gone not not to not to cricket to actually figure this out. We've actually gone early England 2000s football and we've actually gone for the little guy and big guy <laughs> opening up, up top that's what we've uh, got okay. we've got Michael Owen Sean and Heskey Wright, Phillips we've and got Peter Defoe Crouch. and uh, Peter Crouch that's what we've gone for with the Crawley Duckett thing and it seems to be working um, well so. I mean actually I mean from a from a like from a genuinely serious point of view it, uh, there might actually be something in that you know in terms of the lengths you bowl like Ben I Duckett um, likes playing very he likes diff- playing yeah, very off the back players. foot and if you you know it doesn't take you a lot in terms of dragging your length back for it be to, for it to be a short ball to Ben Duckett and for him to, to play on it Zach Crawley's the exact opposite loves to drive and if it's just a little bit too full he's so got such long levers he will drive you so I mean there there is something in that potentially but the Zach Crawley thing is like it, it blows it blows my mind like it, it genuinely is Stockholm Syndrome what's happened like he's got to a point where he was so bad for so long, he's now being okay, and everyone's like, "He's having a great series. Look at him go! Like he scores forty, <laughs> and it, yeah. it seems to be to People me, like, oh, it seems to be 40. to me like Zach Crawley thinks that like in order to average forty as a Test match cricketer, you get to forty. You're like, well, I've done my job now. I average forty. I'm just gonna get out. It is, um, it is completely bonkers. I think that this is still happening, and that. Um... Yeah, like it, it but it's happening. Well, yeah, but it is happening. Uh, it's been covered up. I mean, like I know that the the the, the partnership works, and I, 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 and that is like a, a fact. But I think Duckett is doing a lot of the heavy lifting in there. A guy who averages fifty. Um, <laughs> that's that's that's. I'm I, I, I'm I'm completely converted. Okay, I'm right, a Zach Crawley right. buyer. Yeah. I want to I want to see him play a hundred tests. Well, he's gonna. And then him still average. <laughs> yeah, still, she still averaged less than thirty. And I'm gonna, what a ride that is going to I be. I don't even know what they're actually hoping to kind of get out of this uh, at this point. I, mean, I actually quite like watching Zach Crawley bat. He's a good. He he is fun to watch. It looks brilliant. Yeah. He looks he looks completely at, at home. It tes, in yeah, test. I, mean, I suppose at least he's not like chewing it up. And exactly. Making it look like I would absolute, much rather. You know, absolute turd when yeah, he's look, doing it. It's Zach Crawley v Dom Sibley. <laughs> it's just the way. It's just the surprise that when he literally sticks off, he's like, "I've done it again." As <laughs> you saw it today, he was always crying at the crease. He's like, "I've done it again." I'm so sorry. <laughs> and literally, he's like swinging what was his it? back. The, the, was it the first innings or the Lord's? I think, well, maybe the Lord's <laughs> test. Like Zach Crawley got to 48, and Michael Vaughan was like, "Now this is the point where um, Zach Crawley tends to just uh, nick one to the slips." And literally, next ball, he nicked it straight to second slip. It's, like, it's just like, again, what? stop it. 
I mean, it's like it's, it's, it's like someone with narcolepsy. <laughs> it's literally someone like that with narcolepsy. It literally, the most important part. Just. <laughs> I'm so sorry for falling asleep at your wedding ceremony. I'm so sorry. It's happened. This is the fifth time it's happened. Oh my god! People still keep inviting me. I... They know it happens. <laughs> Exactly. They still let me come. I've I've worn this suit 16 times in a row. (laughs) Oh, it's um. Look, it is what it is, and it's it's never going to end. And he's the people have actually stopped talking about him being an issue. It's just like ah, there goes crawling. Let's just move on. It's it's not going to change. It's not going to change. It's like it's like someone's like it's like your uncle's alcoholism, right? So it's just like just don't mention it. You know he's going to get drunk. It's fine. Um. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So, so Zach Crawley continues. But I do um, think Will Moen Alley. Will Moen Alley continue at three? That's what I want to know. Right. Well, this is a, this is a good question. I I I um I have no idea what the sort of thought process is. Sometimes I think I, I think for the same reason that they're opening with Crawley, I think they might keep Moen at three because if it comes off, it could be potentially devastating. Like, make no mistake about it, Crawley kicking off the innings with with runs quickly and and being on 40 or 50 50 balls really, really did put Australia under pressure. And actually, genuinely, the fact that he's tall and can like pull a ball off a length because of that and reach miles down the wicket and is very different to a lot of the other England England batters in terms of the balls he tries to score off. He's always trying to like pelt a good stack. (laughs) That's why he gets out all the time. He's always taking on really good balls (laughs) and trying to ping them through the covers. And I think there's something to... There is, I think, there is genuinely thought process there that, that it's like if we have this guy, he can he can disrupt the other team even if he's not not scoring runs. So I, I think that's what they're doing there. Oh, will they justify or can they justify Moeen in the, in the same terms? Um, a left-hander who is very fluent through the covers, maybe batting at three, they can't immediately go to bouncers, which is a is a problem. I mean, like it's a massive massive problem that England have got a player who they're thinking about batting at three. Who just immediately hits the ball really high <laughs> as soon as you fell short to him? I've got this. I, I'm going to plant this. In, I'm going to plant this in the stands every, every single time. Though it's like it don't, you don't even have to bowl a good bounce. You just bowl it short, and he hits it straight up. It's it's according, according to Easy Ollie in our in our chat. Stokes uh, pooed that that he'd do it in the next kind of couple okay. of test matches. Oh, fair enough, yeah. but, I think um, it was. I don't think it was long term. I think it was. It was fun. exactly. I think it was. It was, but I think it was literally just to get. Harry Brook back the, to the position. The answer is he um he he's more comfortable. The answer is pretty clearly Joe Root at three, isn't it? I mean like that. Yeah, but he's, he doesn't want to do it. He's just I'm too scared to do it. Bless him. He doesn't want to do it. But like, what is the difference between Joe Root batting at four if your number three is going to face eleven balls? Yeah. Or however many balls Harry Brook faced the other day. Probably about in the no, it was eleven in the first innings, wasn't it? It was uh, it was fifteen for Marion Alley. So yeah, I mean, what's that? That's Two overs worth, so maybe four overs more. And so if you're, so we, so if you're opening saying... batters are actually facing some balls. I mean, I the the distinction between three and four at that point basically doesn't exist. Max, all I'm hearing from you, and we're going to go back to you, is the dentury. That's all I'm hearing at number three. Three is for the person to eat up those balls so Joe Root can survive a little bit longer. That's the only reason three exists yeah. when, when it's not all I mean, I mean, it was, it, was, uh, it was from another time, wasn't it? Dom Sibley, Packer England tracksuit. Come on, the fridge. It... It is a question for England because, I mean, if they're not going to go with Joe Root, uh, and yeah, obviously Moeen Ali is not really sustainable, the the fact that Ben Stokes can't bowl 
is is an issue because it then it doesn't it means you can't take out you can't uh, replace Ollie Robinson with a batter who's going to come in and play three because then you you're too light on the bowling. I mean we got away with it because Australia helped us out a bit um, in this test, but you can't go in with um, Broad, Wokes, and Wood and a spinner. That's that's going to be too too much for all of them, I think. Um, and then what does Anderson come in for Robinson? Then you're back to mega long tail. So I mean, they, there is there is a really difficult decision to make here, um, and that's probably the other reason the way Ben Folks won't make it in. I mean, you could if, you, if Ben Stokes could bowl, but Folks well, if Ben Stokes could bowl, genuinely, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went with something like bringing in Folks for Robinson and and having Besto at three or Folks at three or something crazy like that. Um, but without Stokes bowling, they're stuck. A bowler has to come in. So, you know, where, where'd you go? Um, Sam Curry? Well, yeah, look, we're going to take another break. We'll come back and we'll talk about what's going to happen next. Um, final thing, I, you know, Sam final Curran. thing, we've got, we've got maybe a minute left of this this part. I, I did think that, that England got a lot right. And you saw in, in this match, just as a final observation, how difficult it can be to play against England. We were criticising Australia for scoring too slowly, and I, I think... They did, and I think that's why they've lost the match. But that third innings, when you've got a really slim lead and you know that England are a good chasing side and that they've got like a, you know, and, and they're effectively going to go after anything and that the pitch is probably going to get better, it's a really hard innings to, to get right. And that is the value in, in, in the way that they play. I, I do not think there's a chance in hell that England win that match two years ago. Even with the same players, even you know, Brook is a much better player than whoever England had before, and Duckett is a much better player. They'd probably bat for the draw, but for two it, days. yeah, it's sort of crazy, crazy stuff like that. They would have definitely not got the runs in fifty overs. They'd have had to face a second new ball. Um, like yeah. the, the Murphy becomes a much bigger factor because he would be able to tie up an end because you know they, they, they just didn't try and score any runs off spinners, and you know they they, they and I think you know on top of all of that. I think the Australian third innings, which is the hardest innings in Test cricket, I think the Australian third innings is much easier against a team that are predictable and aren't going to try and chase the the game if it'll chase the runs in fifty overs. And it I, happened I, at Lords as well. I mean, like Australia ended up losing quite a few wickets in a short space of time, and part of that, I mean, Nathan and they sent out Nathan Lyon at the end because they, I mean, that was scared because they were scared yeah. that England were going to chase it down. I mean, part of that was the pitch was decent and obviously like it was chaseable but like you say the old England aren't going to chase that and, and the things that England have done in the fourth innings it changes the way you you need to approach that and and it definitely has has an effect on 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 the way they go about it so I think that's a, a very fair point to make. Ross did you have something to add just to round off part two? Um, no I think Max said it quite beautifully really so Aww. let's have a little quick break and then come back. Cool. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cricket Podcast for part three, the final part of this week's episode. We've got some questions through on Twitter. If you've got any questions on YouTube, drop them in the chat. Uh, And we're going to talk, I think a bit about what happens next. Will we see changes from either team? Will we see lots of changes, maybe? It's nine days. There's a, there's a little bit of rest. It's, it's, you know, there's time. Going to plug Manscaped quickly, though. Uh, use the code CRICKETPOD for 20% off, plus free shipping. Take care of your family jewels with the best tools in the business. Um, it is Smooth Sack Summer. We've done the copy for Smooth Sack Summer, so um, we're, we're not going to... We're not going to laugh our way through that again, but it is a fun <laughs> it is a fun phrase to say. So head over to manscaped.com, use the code CricketPod, get 20% off plus free shipping on us. That's us. Another gift to you. Not only can you get your cricket equipment, you can get your ball shaving and face shaving equipment. More on that to follow in a subsequent episode. Maybe don't use it on the same. Yeah, part, yeah, though. yeah. You, they're two different things. Get your nose trimmer, all of that business. Like I say, code CricketPod, 20% off plus free Shipping, right? Um, there are there are some talking points. We've got Stokes. Is he is he crocked? Is Moeen going to play? We think Moeen's going to play. That's not a massive talking point. Is Robinson going to be fit? Is Wood going to be fit? Do they keep going with Broad? Does Anderson come in to bowl at the James Anderson end? There's a lot of questions for England. Then on the Australian side, Boland is a big problem for Australia. The way this series is padding out, like you you can't have your third seamer going at five and over carrying no wicket threat. They don't really like the spinner. It's pretty clear they don't they don't think he's up to too much in, in these conditions at least. And they've got a big problem with Davy Warner at the top of the order. Which team do you want to do first, boys? We've got to do both of them. Balanced podcast. Where are we gonna go? I say start with Let's Australia. Let's start with Australia. Okay, well we've got Warner Max. We've got we've got not his name's not Lion, is it? It's Murphy. Lion went home. and, and we've got the Boland situation. <laughs> Give me the answers. Okay, so um, Warner, I, what else are you going to do? I mean, is it is it uh, Marcus Harris? Is he he the backup? Yeah. I, I think I think you just you stick with Warner. I think he's um, he's had some pretty belligerent innings um, in the first couple. Yeah, Broad's um, Broad's come in and Broad's done done his thing to to David Warner, and, and maybe there's a hint of uh, of that coming back to to bite him. But I, I don't. I don't think necessarily getting rid of David Warner will will solve um, a whole lot. But Ross did put his hand up, so I'm going to let oh. him challenge me on that. I think they're going to drop Warner, and they will play both Cam Green and Mitch Marsh, and either they'll open with Marsh or uh, Labuschagne. That is, I think you're insane. That is a fucking bonkers thing to say. <laughs> that would that's what I reckon. That would be genuinely insane. That's insane for so many reasons. One. Uh, Labuschagne is a, is a really good number three, not an opening batter. Or, or heads, or, yeah, heads, okay, head, head yeah. opened for Australia. It, didn't he, recently? he did in India, but he was like, shot but heads doing really yeah. well. So they're going to change the order there. The other, the other problem I have with that, and no disrespect to Mitch Marsh, but he just isn't that good. 
He just isn't that good. Mate, he is good. He is good. Like, literally, you, I think you just underestimate underestimate the bison. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I just cannot take him seriously with the with the career that he's put together. And that, that's why he battered 100 against England. <laughs> well, no, it was like, a magnificent 100. It was a brilliant 100, and it's a great yeah. story, and I'm really happy for him. But I think if you're... If you're dropping a specialist opener to accommodate Mitch Marsh, you've lost the plot. Like, there is room in that team for, for one seam bowling all-rounder, and it is probably Cam Green, tomorrow's man. And if you don't think Green's up to the job... And again, Marsh, with, the way, with the way England have been batting, we talked about the fact they barely even need the extra seamer because yeah. like, England don't yeah. bat enough overs for it to be relevant. So half of... If you've got Cam Green and Mitch Marsh, one of them basically isn't going to bowl... And then you just lost half of what the point of them is. So I think it's Harris or Warner, and I think they probably will stick with Warner. So let, let, let's. I think I think that's probably what they'll do. I do think Ross that you might be onto something on the Boland point. So if Boland comes out and they don't want to go with Hazelwood, I think there is the potential that they go with two seam bowling all rounders. So is that is that a more reasonable? Possibility? That's, the, that's more reasonable. So it's, it's a far more sensible thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> But it is also it is also very funny if if Australia literally they lose one game and it's a really really close game right Warner doesn't contribute in this game he actually looked I didn't think too bad in the last two tests literally he was he was being aggressive he was what they kind of wanted up front um, but it would be what, really a guy funny who gets out seventeen times to the opposition's opening bowler. Yeah, but he, was, but he also he also what he, I think he's, he hit what that seventy odd against us as well, or whatever it was, and was trying to be attacking. The world's luckiest sixty six. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and but that's still that bit. Of, like, if the they, they want to try and fight fire, with, yeah, if they want to try fight fire with fire on that front, and be like, look, we know that Kawaj is going to stay there. Is Warner going to be someone who can be the aggressive kind of that pinch Crawley hitter figure. almost in this in, in this in, yeah, in this in this in this in the twilight of his career? <laughs> you know, you've won the battle when the other team are making selections in order to replicate the Zach Crawley strategy. <laughs> well, there we go, there we go. But no, I know, yeah, I would, yeah, I, as you say, Hazelwood. Has been injured before this. Um, he obviously missed um, kind of the first Test match. Uh, well, no, he was, he was missing. He missed the World Test Championship final. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Um, and yeah, they've kind of been managing that workload. But I'm I'm not sure they can actually play Boland again in this Test series. That's uh, genuinely how bad I think it's gone for Scott Boland um, in this one. He might have been absolutely amazing in Australia, but. England kind of figured out actually how to play against him and are probably scoring what north of four and over off yeah, him, yeah. probably at least three point three point eight. No, more um, than four. And and yeah, and you're sitting there going, do you know what? That, that they just can't contain that. So the other option is yeah, they bring in Michael Nisa, who's also no mug with a bat, if I'm perfectly honest. And um, you know, I, I seem like a Michael Nisa stan, which is um, a rare thing to be. But there you go. Cool. And and we, they probably say with Murphy, right? Nobody thinks they're going to jettison Murphy. And go with loads of team. Maybe they could drop him. I, I, I th- yeah, I, I, but I think, I think I think what you said was probably right. Right in in this in this regard, they didn't have enough runs on the board to kind of go for it. Max was spot on that the pitch wasn't doing too much for the spinners, and they had to try and take wickets with their best bowling lineup. Um, and yeah, Old Trafford typically turns a little bit more um, and yeah, provides a little bit more for them. Um, England, I have no doubt that England are going to will pick Moeen Ali and will play obviously play Joe Root as the kind of two spinners for them. Um, Australia can't go in with it being Travis Head as their spinner and Steve Smith offering a bit of leg spin. No, they can't. Um, and then don't forget. Marmus. And then on the England side, and we'll do another podcast on this. We don't need to get all of our ideas out there now. Um, but Robinson has had. He's, you know, if he's got a bad back, there's nine days now. They can probably rest him for. They could rest him for the next test. Then he could come back for the Oval 
I, I still think Robinson is one of England's best bowlers. I think Broad's probably out bowling him at the moment, but I, I think Robinson is, is really, really good. But if he's injured, you don't want to play him. Wood, definitely picking. Wokes, probably, probably going to ride that train, aren't you, after that performance. Where do they go if they get rid of Robinson? There's, there's Tong, there's Anderson. Anderson. Uh, it's, it's Old Trafford. Anderson's home ground. Yeah. I, th- I think they're... V- I do think England, as much as they are the vibes team, they're also a bit of a narrative team and they're a little bit sentimental on that, on that front. And I think kind of go for Anderson in that, in that space. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, they're the, they're the things that we can expect to happen next. Um, and obviously folks comes back in, right, Max? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to open the batting. They're actually going to drop Zach Crawley, I've heard. Um, Zach Crawley's going to keep? Is that what he's saying? <laughs> yes, I would, yes. I would yes. love to see Zach Crawley keep. I think that would be He's got fantastic. good hands. It's just yeah. some pretty sharp catches. He's really tall as well, so you know the bouncer that went it's over It's good there, that so. it's good that someone can catch in the slips, isn't it? It this is another underrated thing about Zach Crawley. In a, in a team of players who can't catch the ball, having one guy who pretty dependably catches the ball is it, yeah. genuinely reckon that's part it's, of the reason. It's valuable. Well. It's valuable. I mean, who else are they going to put a second slip? Come on. He's, he's, I reckon Crawley's got some decent chat in the uh, in the slip cordon as well, which I think is a big part of kind of playing cricket. I, he does look like someone who would have chat, even though his career has basically been a complete disaster. He quite happy. I think it would be really, way. really, like really bad chat, but so bad that it's quite funny. Yeah. That's the level I expect. Yeah. More leaves than a tree, that kind of absolute. Yeah, that kind dribble. of thing. All the cliches. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, like an old hack comic. Join the dots. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, join the dots. <laughs> um, let's go through some questions from Twitter. The Cricket Louch says, we'll be quick with these. We've got about 10 minutes left. I know, I know you guys would like to see Australia persist with Warner, but the question is, will they? We've answered that one. I don't know why I read it out. We think that they will, don't we? <laughs> we do think that they will. We think. I think so. Uh, DFC's got a question from uh, County Cricket. Thoughts on Bell Drummond's unbeaten 300 v Northamptonshire and general good form this season, including the blast. Is Daniel Bell Drummond the answer at number three, Max? Uh, Daniel Bell Drummond's actually he's a quality cricketer. Um, it's quite a surprise that he hasn't been mentioned much in in the in the sphere. I suppose he's probably. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know off the top of my head how old he is now, but he's been around for a while, hasn't he? So uh, um, perhaps maybe at the start of his of his county career. Was um, I don't know suffered from the from the fact that England were fairly settled, but he's twenty nine. It's not the it's it's twenty nine. Oh, okay, 29. well not the not the world's worst shout then. I feel oh. Daniel Baldwin feels like someone who's been around for for quite a long time. I'm surprised. He's so our, our friends uh, the Caribbean Cricket Podcast um, sporadically tweet every now and again that Daniel Baldwin is eligible to play for the West Indies and he should be in the West Indies Test match. Yeah, uh, we, so uh, he f- definitely yeah. should. <laughs> Definitely should. That's, that's a two. And as this good is, as it is, is that the opening pair for the West Indies is King Charles. This is also um, maybe it's a little bit disrespectful, but like Northants aren't exactly the creme de la creme of they're not the Australia. Countryside. Is that what you're saying? Then yeah, this is yeah. Cool. That's what I'm saying. Um, next question. We had we had one from HSN. We've seen that. We've answered it. It was about Robinson. Um, Rubbish cricketer says if Stokes is injured in the next match, who should captain England? I. I think that Stokes would play as a specialist captain before 
they would choose someone else. Like I, I, I genuinely think someone's going to have to blow his legs off. <laughs> like, like, it would be that bit. Like, it would go against kind of every grain of who he is and what he stands for. I think to like, do that, who would they pick? He though? would much rather kind of go as, as the captain. Yeah. Oh, uh, Stuart Broad. Broad. I would love to see that. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you, you want to see Stokes play, but if he doesn't, Broad would be the absolute kingpin. To be to be captain, I, I generally think he'd, he would he would glue a tiara to his son. <laughs> is that as that, that is what I think he'd go for? Like he'd have some <laughs> kind of crowning ceremony um, for that bit. Uh, G says this has got. I can live with that. G says this has got to be the first Ashes series where the first three tests have all seen both teams spend time as favourites going into the final hour or two. Surely, yeah. I mean, I, I actually can't remember a single test series where you. It's brilliant. Realistically, in the final what. 30 overs of the match both teams have at points probably had a greater than 50% chance of winning um, Australia yeah. might not have got I mean, their I think there's a little bit of shell shock from England fans that they actually England were actually favourites for most of the day and they did nearly let it slip once but they were generally speaking actually in control of that match and it sounds weird to say that after going through all the stress but if this was a game between Sri Lanka and New Zealand and New Zealand were batting last you probably wouldn't even bother watching it. You'd have been like, "Oh, New Zealand are going to win that match." Um, you know, it's 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 because it's because of what's happened in the last two tests and the fact that it was Australia and the fact that you know the 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 series is poised as it is that, that I think made it feel a bit more stressful than it was. Having said that, I, incredible cricket, incredible series, and and it, it, you know it's not, and it deserves to be two one. I think yeah. like, either which way, it probably deserves to be two one. Right, the games have been so close, and as you say, that pendulum has swung each way, and just when one team's getting ahead, the other team takes a wicket, or someone hits some quick runs, or whatever. Um, but if this was three 0 and the Ashes was over, like either to either side, right, this is as a complete neutral, you'd be sitting there going, "What a waste." Um, but now it's 2-1 yeah. the, 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 the double super mega comeback as Max called it earlier whatever he called it um, Sorry about that. Is, well, is well and truly on and the 3-2 prediction of this podcast is uh, well and truly on as well yeah yeah, yeah. Could, could well happen um, and then we had a question from Chak but I'm not going to get to that one thanks for sending it in but it, it's a little bit incongruous about the T20 leagues so um, I there's one from uh, Tim in the yeah, chat saying this one, uh, so will the Old Trafford test be Anderson's final test match? No, is my call on that. I think they'll, I think they'll wheel him out until they possibly yeah, <laughs> they yeah, can't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think there'll be. I feel like yeah. there'll be a ceremony. It might be up to him. Yeah, I, I, I think that is is more likely. I, I, I think, I think there's a chance that even if they don't play him for the rest of this year, they kind of invite him back for one of the, is it Sri Lanka and New Zealand next year, or. Sri Lanka West Indies just give him one of those matches wherever he wants to play and be like this is the retirement test I, th- I think they are a little bit sentimental as you say Ross about that and uh, and, and deservedly yeah. so I think for someone like Jimmy Anderson right yeah. I think it maybe I mean he doesn't come across as the most um what's the word egotistical ego driven yeah. person when it yeah when it yeah, when it comes to the big fanfare and all this kind of stuff um you saw it with kind of Alistair Cook who he's obviously very good friends with um and when he hit the century against India um, and I said, look, I'm, I'm retiring out of here. So I think it'll be on Anderson's terms, as you say, Jack, and he'll probably have the pick of whatever he wants to do, right? As he's England's greatest of all time bowler. Right, guys, um, final reflections on the day's play. Max. We're going to win 3 oh, 2. Well, Ross, you We're go first. We're going to win 3 2. Is that what you've got? I generally think it's, it was just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The whole whole thing, the whole test series so far has been so <clears throat> so like enthralling. You cannot take your like, eyes off it. I was literally sitting there 
out for lunch today like a teenager with a headphone in <laughs> so I'm sure I've got my dad and my, it's my girlfriend's birthday and I'm literally sitting there going I can't not do it I was like a kid in a classroom you know where they put the old uh, headphone up your sleeve just so you could be just like yeah I'm going to listen to uh, Ghetto Gospel or whatever it was I was listening to when I was 13 years old um, and yeah it was it is uh, and what I also like about it it's that it is the I think you tweeted it before, Jack, around this is the first time since 2005 that cricket is well and truly like smashing through all mainstream media and everything. Like, everybody is talking about it. People, Everyone is watching it. It is just brilliant. I know people talk about free-to-air view and all this kind of stuff, but there's so many people on the trains listening to TMS and all that kind of stuff. It's just everyone I talk to and everyone who is, is mentioning it is just Alive, I love it. That that'd be my reflection. Are you, as well. are you suggesting that England are single-handedly saving well, Test cricket? Yeah, they probably yeah, well, that. That's what NASA said, didn't he? NASA Hussein had a nice little <laughs> monologue at the end, and it's like Test cricket is alive because England are doing well. So I'm not quite sure that's true, but it is. It is alive in terms of the the energy that is available in this world I, right now. I tell you what, there there are there are two times since 2005 that I remember people in a pub actually actively watching cricket. Uh, one of them was yesterday. We after our game, we were sitting out. We were actually watching it on a phone, and uh, there was a pub next door to us, and they were slightly ahead of us, so we knew whether a six had been hit by head because the Australians were cheering, and we we knew when a wicket had been taken by England because the English people were cheering. That just does people do that for football in England. They don't do that for cricket. Like, like the, the cricket might be on in the background, and, and like you know, one in five people in the pub might be roughly keeping track of the score. Like, that's the kind of level that it normally you know sort of exists at people were properly going mad about it the other time obviously the 2019 world cup final did have a big cut through it was on free to air and, and it, it was a home world cup so that that you know people were aware yeah, that was yeah. happening um and actually a little bit ben stokes getting blasted around the ground i remember seeing that when i with where i was for that people were watching that but i think that was kind of by accident i don't think people had gone out it's like this test match to, right? to watch the cricket yeah, it's test match doing it yeah mm. um and people people are that into it and it's it's just brilliant i think for for the sport and the matches have been so good well done everyone well done cricket max your final reflection see us out <clears throat> yeah um well it's just i'm just so glad that the the series is still going because like you said um like if it had been three nil it would have been a, a real shame, not just from an English point of view, from the point of view of like two tests to go on the back of three of the the most engaging and like nip and tuck back to you know back to front enthralling test matches that I can genuinely remember. Like they, they've been they've been incredible and people yeah people I, I I know who just like aren't really that bothered by test cricket I just have have been like I've been following and it's been it's been amazing like it's it's been so. So exciting. And finally, obviously, England getting over the line makes it uh, a whole lot better. And um, and it was a it was a nervy, a nervy afternoon. But uh, I'm I'm glad they made it. I'm, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, it's a shame it's nine days away, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give it more back to back cricket. Well, we talk about it in between. Are we, are, <laughs> Bust their legs. I don't we, care. We should briefly say that the, the women's ashes are still alive. So we'll try and get a show in where we focus on that a little bit more closely this week. Um, another record crowd. For, for the match at Lords yesterday and Alice Capsey going ballistic to help England win that one. Um, should, we, should we wrap up, boys? Goodbye, everyone. Thanks, everyone, mm-hmm. for watching. Yeah. Um, remember, you can find us on socials at The Cricket Pod. Head to the show notes for all the important links, our Patreon, our sponsors, Facebook page. Uh, we even put our threads link in there. Coffee. Coffee. Get some coffee. I'm going to have some coffee. Not tonight, tomorrow morning. Like a normal person. 
Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.